Well, hello, everyone, and good morning, and welcome to another edition of Livestream Sunday School for Akron Alliance Fellowship Church in Akron, Ohio. Thank you so much for joining me today. My name is Melvin Gaines, and we're back here in the church this morning for Sunday School uh, after a nice little trip to the south, but we're thankful to be back here in the building with a group of people here ready to get into the Sunday School as well, too, and we thank you for joining us as online as well. Let's get into uh, the Sunday school portion, the worship portion with music. The HCC Choir, We Magnify Your Name. So we appreciate you being here this morning and thank you for joining us. And we appreciate you. Good morning, Brother Roscoe. Brother Nate, good morning. Nate and Marnell, good morning. Good morning. Thanks for joining us this morning. East Coast this time versus West Coast. Hey, Ronnie, good morning. Thank you so much for being here. Amen, amen. Today is Palm Sunday, everybody. It's time to get into the aspect of worship for this week during Passion Week or Holy Week, depending upon what you want to call it or refer to it. Amen. Amen, amen. Okay, Ronnie, I got your prayer request. We'll... Uh, Make sure we do that during our morning prayer time as well. Okay. Amen. Hey, Jackie, good morning.
Amen. 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 Welcome back to Sunday School, everybody. Amen. Thanks to all of you in the audience online as well, too. We appreciate you being here. Got good stuff coming in the future, starting this spring. More content online for you. Amen. What's the temperature going to get up to today? 50? Might not feel it. <laughs> Just like yesterday was, I don't know. Getting a little tired of the bizarro weather. Amen. Okay. I think they're going to go on and on and on, so we're going <laughs> to... We're going to stop here. That was the HCC Choir. Um, we magnify your name. Um, we appreciate. Uh, thank you again um, for the music, Arlen, um, in the vicinity. And uh, we want to go ahead and get into Sunday school here first with some announcements. And we'll get into continuing our study in the book of John. Um, first of all, Pastor Gus has provided a recorded message for those of you online who are not able to come to church today. Uh, it's about uh, a remembrance of Easter, and he is going to have a series of messages, I believe it will cover today, uh, Palm Sunday, Easter next week, and there perhaps is a follow-up after that uh, later this month. But uh, we invite you to stay online for the message. It's about 45 minutes, which is pretty good, um, that he kind of goes through the material but that is online. It'll be in the timeline here on the Akron Alliance Fellowship Facebook page immediately following Sunday School. Uh, we have that set to go about 10:15, so it'll be there waiting for you. Uh, for those of you who are, again, not able to come to church, if you are able to come to church, if you are in Akron, if you're en route, uh, we that message will be presented live here in church as well too, <clears throat> and we have a live feed that we also are putting forth as well. On, on the same uh, timeline, Akron Alliance Fellowship timeline. So all these things we have to make sure that we are providing a complete church experience for those who, frankly, are sick and shut in or not able 
to come here because they live out of town. So we, we appreciate you staying with us uh, today for the full church experience online. And please remember your tithes and offerings, our way of worship uh, by giving. We ask that you continue to be prayerful um, for what you give and what you provide. And if you are mailing your tithes and offerings, please do so. Akron Alliance Fellowship Church, Akron Alliance Fellowship, 688 Diagonal Road, Akron, Ohio, 44320. We appreciate your consideration in this area. We've been announcing this pretty much every day since we started the, uh, the COVID experience. Uh, we are announcing online, don't forget your tithes and offerings. We want to make sure that you always can keep that and give it in consideration. And if you're coming to church, you can just drop it off in our drop box in the front lobby area. And with that in mind, let's go ahead and get into the Sunday School lesson. It is a great lesson today. Um, it is still uh, following the theme of the conflict with the religious leaders and the communication. But a lot of this communication, though, is for anyone who's willing to listen to who Jesus is and about who he represents and the continuing statements about who he is. Remember, <clears throat> Matthew makes it a point when he speaks about Jesus, he refers to him as the king. Um, John does pretty much the same thing, but he also gives the different representations uh, that indeed Jesus is the, the Messiah, the, the, the true one to look to. And some of the scriptures that we'll be looking at here will reflect that very thing. So we um, appreciate everyone being here. I know thank you for the audience here in the church getting settled in. Um, we appreciate you doing that. And... We're going to go ahead and get into uh, Sunday school. Um, prayerfully, we, we can do this in such a manner where the Spirit is speaking through me, because that's what I'm always concerned about. And when I prepare for these Sunday school lessons, just so you guys know, sometimes I'm worried about over-preparing. And last week, you know, last week was one of those weeks where I actually did that. I actually think I over-prepared for it. And I was reading from Matthew chapter 6. Verse 28, it was actually Matthew chapter 7 <laughs> that I was reading from. I read the wrong passage, so I don't know if you all caught that or not. I think my wife had to add something at the end to say, you know, disclaimer, I read the wrong passage, right? So you all figured it out, right? I know. <laughs> but that's what happens. You just get really, you have to be very careful about that, and I, I get conscious of that. So thank, thank you for cutting me some slack. I, one thing I'm always going to do is I'll, I'll let you know, I'll be the first to admit if I mess up, because I do mess up. Things happen. Um, as you're doing study, and um, you don't want to mess up as much giving a sermon, but you, a uh, funny story, not to prolong this, but I, I'm meeting with a pastor who, as I go through my study for ordination, and the pastor happened to mention, um, he had written down the wrong passage. Uh, he was prepared for one passage and wrote down the wrong one for his sermon. This was his sermon message, and it was like, well, <laughs> I had the wrong passage here. This is what I was presenting. So I think it was more of a, he presented the information, got through it, and uh, almost did like a tap dance the entire time. But those things happen. Um, we are all in this together. We are always learning, and we're always growing. So we always want to keep, um, we always want to be humble in our approach, amen? Um, the moment you say you know too much, or you think you're, you're ready, or you, you know something, then God will show you, no, you don't, you don't know anything, you're... You're still learning, uh, just like all of us. So, amen. So let's, <laughs> so let's keep that in mind. Now, one thing I do want to make sure I mention here in prayer, and I have a note here to do so because uh, we're going to pray uh, before we get started with Sunday school. Ronnie had mentioned online that 
Um, her daughter, Melissa, is recovering from surgery, but she seems to be doing better. So we're going to pray for her at this time as well, too, uh, during prayer time. But I'm making all of you aware of it, uh, so you'll, you'll know where that's coming from. And let's go ahead and get into our Sunday school lesson today, uh, starting out with a word of prayer. Father, thank you for your very presence. Lord, we are reminded where more than two are gathered, that you are indeed present, and we thank you for that. We do, Lord, thank you for this time that we can sit before you and allow the Spirit to speak to us uh, about the words presented. And Lord, not my words, but your words as we go along. We do lift up to you in prayer, Melissa, um, Ronnie's daughter, who is recovering from surgery. We thank you that she is improving. We thank you for your healing touch, and we thank you for uh, putting it before us to remember her in prayer as well. And we thank you, Lord, for how you indeed are the great healer. We don't take it for granted. We recognize your very presence. We know you're a sovereign God, and we know that um, these things do occur where there are times where we don't understand everything that happens, but, Lord, we do know your power. We know your ability. We know that you can do anything that you choose to do, and we thank you for that too. Lord, go with us. Keep, keep us at the forefront of who you are all day long and beyond that. And we thank you. We ask all these things in Jesus' name. Amen. All right, everybody. Turn your Bibles and electronic devices to John chapter 10. We're going to look at verses 1 through 21 today. John chapter 10. We're moving right along. Good morning, Lisa. Thank you for being here. Um, John chapter 10, verses 1 through 21. Now, this is the introduction in the book of John where Jesus is continuing the conversation, essentially, that he had uh, with the Pharisees. There's still this discussion going on back and forth between he and the religious leaders. And he's continuing the discussion. This is following the uh, healing of the blind man uh, and the interaction with him and essentially the conversation about um, the blindness that people have. And so now he's just going to pivot into another conversation. And that's what starts us out in John chapter 10. And the pivot is going to essentially now talk about um, him being the good shepherd. But let's read the passage and go through it a little bit at a time. And we're going to read from the New Living Translation. I see that my lovely bride has also posted the passage online as well, too, for those of you who don't have a Bible handy, but we appreciate you also looking at that if you need to. But let's start. John chapter 10, verse 1. I tell you the truth, this is Jesus speaking, anyone who sneaks over the wall of a sheepfold rather than going through the gate must surely be a thief and a robber. But the one who enters through the gate is the shepherd of the sheep. The gatekeeper opens the gate for him, and the sheep recognize his voice and come to him. He calls his own sheep by name and leads them out. After he has gathered his own flock, he walks ahead of them, and they follow him because they know his voice. Verse 5, they won't follow a stranger. They will run from him because they don't know his voice. Verse 6, those who heard Jesus use this illustration didn't understand what he meant, so he explained it to them. I tell you the truth, I am the gate for the sheep. All who, come, all who came before me were thieves and robbers, but the true sheep did not listen to them. 
Yes, I am the gate. Those who come in through me will be saved. They will come and go freely and find good pastures. Verse 10, the thief's purpose is to steal and kill and destroy. My purpose is to give them a rich and satisfying life. I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd sacrifices his life for the sheep. A hired hand will run when he sees a wolf coming. He will abandon the sheep because they don't belong to him and he isn't their shepherd. And so the wolf attacks them and scatters the flock. Verse 13, the hired hand runs away because he's working only for the money and doesn't really care about the sheep. I am the good shepherd. I know my own sheep and they know me. Just as my father knows me and I know the father, so I sacrifice my life for the sheep. I have other sheep too that are not in this sheepfold. I must bring them also. They will listen to me, my voice and there will be one flock with one shepherd. Verse 17. The father loves me because I sacrifice my life so I may take it back again. No one can take my life from me. I sacrifice it voluntarily for I have the authority to lay it down when I want, want to and also to take it up again. For this is what my father has commanded. Verse 19. When he said these things, the people were again divided in their opinions about him. Some said, he's demon possessed and out of his mind. Why listen to a man like that? Others said, this doesn't sound like a man possessed by a demon. Can a demon open the eyes of the blind? And there you are. There's this tie-in to the last couple of lessons we've had. All right, amen. So that's uh, John chapter 10, verses 1 through 21. And there's a lot to unpack here, so let's get started with that. First of all, we have to understand when Jesus first started the conversation back in John chapter 10, verse 1. Go back and look at that passage again. I tell you the truth, anyone who sneaks over the wall of a sheepfold rather than going through the gate must surely be a thief and a robber. Well, now when he is talking about this. You have to understand, this is a continuation of a conversation with the religious leaders. And the continuation is essentially saying, these Pharisees, these religious leaders, they are the equivalent of the robbers and the thieves. They have taken from the people. They have, in, in fact, it, it can be argued that they are the thieves and robbers who steal God's glory and they profit from it. Because you recognize that there was a lot of uh, activity in the old days, too, where um, these guys were looking for money or looking for something to help um, give them the, the ability to say, OK, well, I'll forgive your sins if you do this for me. You know, something totally out of outside of what God would have them to do. Right. So they're thieves and robbers. And you have to understand that Jesus is making sure that we are um, looking at this for what it is. The sheepfold that he's referring to is the sheepfold that holds the Jewish people. The stranger is going to be the religious teacher. And it's going to be the one, and they're the ones that say, we are children of Abraham. We're children of Moses. But they don't live like children of Abraham. They don't live like children of Moses. In fact, they live like children of the devil. And I'm making a note of the passage 
kind of jumping ahead so I don't forget about this. Remember when down in verse 20 where it says, Some said he's demon-possessed and out of his mind. Why listen to a man like that? These people are the ones who are demon-acting demonic. These people are the ones who are projecting this on Jesus. You have to understand that's what you do. You want to get the focus off of who you are, who you really are, so you'll project what you're doing on someone else. That's a common tactic uh, that people use. That, and, and you have to understand that we recognize where Jesus is coming from, but those who are in opposition, they will do anything they can to try to discredit Jesus. And even today, there are people out there that will do anything they can to discredit Jesus not give him the credit for who he truly is as Lord and Savior. Not give him credit for being the Messiah. Not give him credit for being the one responsible for, frankly, our very souls. And as far as having eternal life. Okay, so let's go back. And let's, let's also explain, too, what a sheepfold is. Because I think as we understand what that really is, we will better understand the words that Jesus is using in this communication. The ancient sheepfold of that day, and this is coming from uh, J. Vernon McGee. The ancient sheepfold of the day that uh, still exists in many towns in that land, it was a public sheepfold. In the evening, all the shepherds who lived in that town would bring their sheep to the sheepfold and turn them in for the night. I mean, they didn't go home with them. They, they had to go to a public place to reside for that, for that time, for the evening. They would entrust them to the porter who kept the sheep. You can say the porter is also a gatekeeper. That's fine. But that's, that's who they were entrusted to. So that porter was really responsible for multiple flocks of sheep in that sheepfold. And then the shepherds would go to their homes for the evening. The next morning, the shepherds would identify themselves to the porter. And he would let them in the door to get their sheep. Now, the funny thing about that is that when Jesus talks about this, verse 2, go back to John chapter 10, verse 2, but the one who enters through the gate is the shepherd of the sheep. The shepherd, the one who comes for the respective flocks. The gatekeeper opens the gate for him and the sheep recognize his voice and come to him. He calls out his own sheep by name and leads them out. Now that, if you really think about it, is quite remarkable. Because if you've got multiple shepherds coming, the sheep know the voice of the shepherd that belongs to them and they come and respond when that shepherd calls. You know, for those of you who are training pets like dogs, you know, you want the dog to come when, the, when, you, when the, you call the dog, right? Um, and when they're learning, they're still figuring that out right now. They're kind of loopy and all over the place as they learn about the, their lives as puppies, right? But you have to train those puppies to be able to respond to your voice commands and come and come and respond. Well, these sheep already knew how to do that. And you have to understand, sheep, sheep are generally regarded as pretty dumb animals, but they have enough sense to know who their shepherd is. So I thought that was very interesting when I listened to that, to this explanation and what that represents. Each of the shepherds will separate, uh, call their own sheep, and basically they respond and follow the shepherd out from that uh, sheepfold and go out for the day. Let's read verse 3 again, John chapter 10, verse 3. The gatekeeper opens the gate for him and the sheep recognize his voice and come to him. 
He calls his own sheep by name and leads them out. Then verse 4, after he has gathered his own flock, he walks ahead of them and they follow him because they know his voice. They won't follow a stranger. They will run from him because they don't know his voice. They went through this whole illustration. So the other sheep are going to stay put until their shepherd comes in. And so we have to recognize that there's an emphasis here about what the sheepfold represents, who the sheep are. Remember, I just said that this is going to be an illustration about the Jewish people. So let's go to verse 6. Those who heard Jesus use this illustration didn't understand what he meant. So he explained it to them. I tell you the truth. I am the gate for the sheep. Now, one other thing to keep in mind, too, about this sheepfold, there technically was not a wooden gate or a conclosure. Technically, the porter, the person who was there at the sheepfold at night, laid across the area where the sheep were supposed to go. He was the gate. He was the actual person who was protecting those sheep at night. And what was he protecting them from? The very thieves who would come and jump the gate and steal, try to steal a sheep. And so when Jesus started out with that in verse 1, he doesn't want you to forget that because he wants you to understand that there are thieves in our midst that will steal. And of course it says later on, steal, kill, and destroy. Who can you think of that steals, kills, and destroys? Satan. Satan. He's a thief. He robs us. He steals, kills, and destroys. And those who think they're in an alliance with Satan are, are greatly deceived because Satan will take them out too. You have to understand what happened to Judas, you know, when he betrayed Jesus. It, it, you know, Judas thought he was going you know, to get uh, something away from that. He was fully, had full remorse when it was realized what had happened. He betrayed an innocent man. He no longer wanted the 30 pieces of silver that he received from the whole thing and threw it back. And basically the, the religious leader said, What's, what is this to us? That's your problem. You're the one who did it. Of course, he threw the silver away and went and hung himself. Because Satan destroyed him, just like he used Judas to try to destroy Jesus. Many people today don't realize they're on the edge of a cliff waiting to fall over and be destroyed because they are following Satan, thinking it's the right thing to do for them, but they're just headed for disaster. And I'm not even talking about what the eternal punishment is. I'm talking about how your life can be destroyed even before you get to that point. So, the warnings are in front of us here about how Jesus is telling us about how it's important for those who listen to him. So, let's look at it, what it says in verse 8. Well, let's start verse 7 again. So, he explained to them, I tell you the truth, I am the gate for the sheep. All who came before me were thieves and robbers... All who came before me were thieves and robbers. But the true sheep did not listen to them. Now, who is he referring to? Is he referring to the religious leaders? Is he referring to people who were there in his, in their, his presence prior to him coming on the scene? And anybody, frankly, who was not truthful or not following the Lord, is he looking at 
these individuals as an example. But the true sheep did not listen to them. And then verse 9, Yes, I am the gate. Those who come in through me will be saved. In order to get the sheep have to come in through the gate to be safe for the evening. All who come in before me were thieves and robbers, but the true sheep did not listen to them. Yes, I am the gate. Those who come in through me will be saved. That's a message of salvation right there. You'll be saved. They will come and go freely and will find good pastures. Do you know what it is to live the abundant life as a believer? They will come and go freely and will find good pastures. There's a freedom in Christ. He wants us to live in freedom under his lordship, of course. But there's a freedom to come and go because God is the one who is traveling with you. And you'll find good pastures. And you can live the abundant life. I pray that nobody who's a believer is living in anxiety and fear every day or feeling as though they're in they're trapped because at the end of the day life circumstances are going to be what they are but at the end of the day you have to go back to Jesus to be elevated he's the one that elevates you over your circumstances He's the one that gives you the ability to live the abundant life. And when I say the abundant life, I didn't say perfect life. I didn't say it was a life that was all happy and, you know, sunshine, lollipops and rainbows. That's not what life is. But we recognize that we can live an abundant life through any bad circumstances or situations that we're in. We go through seasons of life where we have to scuffle. We go seasons of life where we struggle, but we do so recognizing that Jesus is with us every step of the way. And he is with us to help encourage us and remind us that we're living an abundant life. Sometimes things happen very quickly in life. I can tell you that since the beginning of this year, a lot of things in the Gaines household have happened very quickly. And it's only April 2nd. We just got out of the first quarter. (laughs) But a lot has happened. And a lot of decisions had to be prayed over and made as we went. You know, and and it's not, I'm not going to dump about everything we've talked about uh, in our household because it's not anything that's horrific by any nature. These are all good things happening as far as I'm concerned. When, if God is in it, it's a good thing. Amen? Um, you know, Romans 8.20, all things work together for the glory of God, you know, for good. And he did that. But things happen sometimes very quickly. Sometimes you don't have a whole lot of time to make decisions. You know, my, my lovely bride, when she got offered this package to retire early, we only had a few days to make a decision about that. So either take it or leave it. And she took it, but that was after prayer, and, but that was recognizing all the things that were going on in our life too. A lot of changes, you know, my mom being moved over to where she is and a different facility and 
praying about that. All these things happened this early this year. You have to have the attitude when it says in the passage, verse 9, they will come and go freely and will find good pastures. We have to recognize that Jesus gives us this ability, even when things are happening very quickly, to experience his peace and experience his confirmation and his affirmation because as you're praying, you're looking for anything saying, is this the right thing? Is this the right thing? Is this the right thing? And God affirms you and confirms you and lets you know you're moving in the right direction. So always have confidence of that, that you're going to have that. And you're going to do that, especially through those very important decisions. Let's go back to verse 10, because I want to make sure we're covering that too. The thief's purpose is to steal and kill and destroy. My purpose is to give them a rich and satisfying life. You see that? A rich and satisfying life. That's an abundant life. Now, rich does not necessarily mean wealth. Sometimes we associate the word rich with wealth. It doesn't necessarily mean you're going to be wealthy. There are people who have a rich and satisfying life and they're just going as they go. The money comes in, things get taken care of. But there's richness in Jesus. The experience you have with Jesus is what makes you rich. And he's the one who gives you satisfaction that you've done the best you can do and Jesus takes care of the rest. And that's how you have to live. The shepherd cares for his sheep. Jesus cares for the flock, those who follow him, those who listen to his voice and follow him. And that's the reference we want to look at. Let's look at a reference real quick. Even as Ezekiel, there's the word shepherd that's mentioned. Ezekiel 34 now, just like I did last week, let's make sure I got the right passage up. Yep, Ezekiel 34. Uh, let's go, let's start with verse 22. Let's start with verse 22 and read 23. 22 and 23. And I want you to hear this. Because Ezekiel, you know, when you, when, you, when you got prophecy out there, you're not really quite sure where it's coming from if you're getting it to articulate and write down and record. But this is what the Spirit is giving him, right? So it says in verse 22, I will save my flock and they will no longer pray for you. Pray, now we got P-R-E-Y, no longer be pray for you. Excuse me, be pray for you. Let me read that correctly. Be pray for you. I will judge between one sheep and another. Where'd this come from? And look at verse 23. I will appoint over them a single shepherd, my servant David, and he will shepherd them. He will tend them himself and will be their shepherd. Now, Ezekiel is speaking about essentially Jesus, the shepherd who cares for the flock, who does what? They'll no longer be a prey for you. The prey that we're referring to, P-R-E-Y, those religious leaders were preying on the people that were there before Jesus came. Jesus is the one who's giving them relief. Jesus is the one who's caring for them. 
In the sheepfold, the shepherd functioned as the gate, letting the sheep in and protecting them. And Jesus is the gate to God's salvation for us. That's what he's saying when we go back and look at verse 9. Those who come in through me will be saved. Can we always remember, may we always remember, there are people around us who need to still come in through that gate, who still need Jesus. People online right now, they may have no idea what I'm talking about, but they need to understand who Jesus is. And if they understand who Jesus is and declare Him as Lord and Savior, it's all uphill from there. Jesus will teach you what you need to know. But we have to believe in Him. Jesus says in John 14, 6, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through Him. He is the gate for the sheep. He's the only gate for the sheep. There is no other gate. In contrast to the thief who takes life, and we said the thief essentially is Satan, the thief is also those religious leaders who tried to restrict the people with these meaningless, unnecessary additional laws that they wrote as a supplement to the Bible, basically. And they just were restricting people. Verse 10, the thief's purpose is to steal and kill and destroy. My purpose is to give them a rich and satisfying life. The life that Jesus gives us is abundantly rich, abundantly full. You're a different person today in Jesus than you were before you had a relationship with Him. There's got to be a change. There's got to be something different going on in your life. Believers should not be living a life of dread or constant anxiety, constant fear. Stop looking at what the world is doing. If you look at the world long enough, that's why I told people during COVID, turn off the TV. How many times can you keep seeing death statistics on screen 24 hours a day, they never took the Chiron off without you feeling absolutely depressed about what was going on. Utter foolishness and nonsense. But yet, we value sometimes too much about what the world does and we value less about what Jesus is doing for us. Let's flip the script on that. Let's look at more what Jesus is doing in your life rather than looking at what the world is doing. The world is trying to do what? Depress you. Make you more anxious. Make you feel like there's no hope. Jesus is our hope. Jesus is who we rely upon. I don't care what anybody else is doing out there. People out there can act a fool all they want to. Well, Satan has them in such a delusion, they're going to keep acting like fools. Don't pay attention to a fool. I learned one thing a long time ago. There's, there's one thing you can learn from a fool. Not to be like him. Amen? Not to be like him. You don't pay attention to fools. You pay attention to what Jesus is doing. Has Jesus not kept you through all of this? 
Has not Jesus preserved you for this time? You're here for a reason and a purpose. Let's live that way. Let's continue to proclaim the gospel as we go. In verse 11, Jesus is repeating it again. I am the good shepherd. Well, he's repeating for the first time here in this passage. He'll repeat it again later. I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd sacrifices his life for the sheep. Amen to that. Verse 12, a hired hand will run when he sees a wolf coming. He will abandon the sheep because they don't belong to him and he isn't their shepherd. And so the wolf attacks them and scatters the flock. Now, what is he referencing here when he says this? A hired hand tends to the sheep for money while the shepherd does it out of love. He's not asking for money. Jesus shepherds us out of love. He loves us and cares for us. And he's making the analogy here that a hired hand will sometimes, if a wolf comes, he's ready, he's ready to book up and get out of there. So that money that you paid him to be a hired hand didn't work out too well, did it? But he's giving us an analogy here for us to understand those false teachers, those religious leaders who try to deceive people for money. They will do it. But when, the, when, it, when, the, when it's time for the rubber to the mo- meet the road and when things get really hot and you look for them to help you out when something's going on, they'll say, I'm, I'm sorry, I can't help you. Or you won't be able to find them. You won't be able to reach out to them. There are a lot of people out there who pretend to follow Jesus and they'll do so, frankly, for money. For their own concerns. False teachers, false prophets do not have a commitment that Jesus has. Jesus loves us and willingly is the shepherd. We don't need to pay him anything for this. We can pay him our gratitude. We can say, thank you, Jesus. We can pray and worship him and show our appreciation for him. And that would be good to do. That'd be good to do. So verse 14, he repeats it again. Back to John chapter 10, verse 14. I am the good shepherd. I know my own sheep and they know me. Followers of Jesus should have a growing relationship with Jesus to getting to know him more and more. It's not like you got saved and, oh, okay, I'm cool. Nope. You still have a lot to learn, just like we just talked about this at the beginning, right? You still have a lot to learn about who Jesus is. The most learned men in America about the Bible and Scripture are still learning about Jesus every day. They're learning something. And so if the greatest scholars are still learning about Jesus. Oh, there's room for you. I'll call you a scholar in this classroom, right? But you're still learning about who Jesus is. I'm still learning about who Jesus is. Learning about His goodness. Let's read verse 14 again, John chapter 10, just to flow into verse 15. I am the good shepherd. I know my own sheep and they know me just as my Father knows me and I know the Father 
So I sacrifice my life for the sheep. This is a statement of exactly what Jesus was called to do by the Father. He's giving us information to help us see how He is sacrificing Himself. He knows what He has to do. He knows what He is called to do. He knows what He has to do to be obedient to His Father. Sacrifice Himself for us. Go to the cross for us. Take all of the sin of the world upon Himself. All the sin of the world, past, present, and future for us so that we can have any kind of fellowship with the Lord. Verse 16. Back to verse 16, John 10. I have other sheep too that are not in this sheepfold. I must bring them also. They will listen to my voice and there will be one flock with one shepherd. One flock with one shepherd. Who are these other sheep? Those are the Gentiles. Remember, the sheepfold is representing the analogy of all the Jewish people because Jesus came and directly had a relationship and tried to develop a relationship with the Jewish people. But we also know that part of his mission is to also reach the Gentiles, the non-Jews, people other than Jews. So he is not leaving us out Amen? We are included in this. One shepherd, one flock. Jews and Gentiles together responding to the voice, the calling, the words of Jesus. We have the words of Jesus every day in front of us. It's His Bible. It's the Bible. That's how we learn more about who He is. That's where we spend time and pay attention to Him. And the worldwide mission of Jesus is to die for the sins of the world. You know, Jesus didn't just come for the Jews. He came for all of us. And he revealed that during his mission. The Samaritan woman, woman is a perfect example of that. The Samaritan woman was not a Jew. You know, they may have had mixed blood or whatever. Whatever it is, it doesn't really matter. But at the end of the day, she was not regarded as a Jew. She was a Gentile. She was the one who was outside of the Jewish people. And here, here's, here's Jesus having a conversation with this woman who was very intelligent. And through that woman, many recognized Jesus as Lord. Many Gentiles. So I sacrifice my life for the sheep. I have other sheep too that are not in the sheepfold. I must bring them also. They will listen to my voice and there will be one flock with one shepherd. Now let's look at verse 17, John chapter 10, because we're on the home stretch here. The Father loves me because I sacrifice my life so I may take it back again. No one can take my life from me. I sacrifice it voluntarily. For I have the authority to lay it down when I want to and also to take it up again. For this is what my Father has commanded. There's a key word in there. Voluntarily is a key word, but authority is another one. 
Because if Jesus had no authority to do that, guess what? It wouldn't work. It wouldn't work. At the end of the day, people who supervise a team of people, they listen to the authority, that person who's their supervisor, their manager, the person who's in charge. If he doesn't have the authority, they're not going to listen to him. But he has appointed, he's been appointed to be their leader for a reason. may not always be a good one, but in, for a human beings concerned. But in this case, Jesus has the full authority to do what? Lay down his life when I want to. And also to take it up again. Remember how they tried to stone him beforehand? It didn't work. Couldn't do it. It wasn't time. Jesus had the authority to say, it's not time right now. When it's time, you'll know. This is what my Father has commanded. He is being obedient to the Father. No one was going to kill Jesus without his consent. It was under his full control. And he was going to do it. He was going to allow it to happen for them to kill him. For what purpose? Because he's the good shepherd. He loves us. He loves us. Let's close out here. I wanted to make the emphasis there about he has the authority to do it. Okay, so verse 19. When he said these things, the people were again divided in their opinions about him. Some said he is demon-possessed out of his mind. Why listen to a man like that? Projection. 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 Evil always tries to turn the tables. Verse 21, others said, this doesn't sound like a man possessed by a demon. Can a demon open the eyes of the blind? Yeah, they remember exactly what happened in this previous conversation with the blind man, the formerly blind man. If Jesus was a man, his claims to be God would have, been, would have proven him crazy, insane. But what? The miracles proved his words true. Healing a blind man from birth? They saw that. These people witnessed this. They knew who this formerly blind man was. The Jewish leaders didn't care. They didn't want to see beyond that. They saw that they were losing their grip on the people. They saw that they were losing their vice grip on the people. They no longer had it. Remember what Jesus said. All who came, back in verse 8, all who came before me were thieves and robbers, but the true sheep didn't listen to them. Yeah, there were people in the midst there that never really listened to those religious leaders. They knew something better was out there. They knew something better was coming. They probably understood the Messiah was being prophesied. Something better was happening. They knew that, they knew that those religious leaders were not the Messiah. So let's reflect on this as we close out about the importance of recognizing that Jesus willingly went to the cross for us. As we reflect upon it, you know, Palm Sunday was the day Jesus rode in on the colt into Jerusalem. And people out there were saying, Hosanna. Well, Hosanna essentially is a request asking for people to save us. Save us! They recognized that Jesus was the one who could save us. 
And what does Jesus say? Yes, I'm the gate. Those who come in through me will be saved. Will be saved. Pray for people who still don't get this. That they come in through the gate. The gate of Jesus. Let's pray. Father, thank you for this time that you've given us to truly reflect upon your word and how your word teaches us that you did all of this willingly. That you went to the cross for us willingly because of your love for us. Thank you for being that good shepherd. We the sheep who recognize your voice, we want to follow you and go with you wherever we are. Bless us, Lord, as we move forward and help us to be in remembrance of not just who you are, but for those people who do not have a relationship with you that we know. Lord, we lift them up to you that you will save them, that you will help them to recognize the need to be saved. We thank you. We thank you going forward, Lord, that you just give us the desire to always worship you and live an abundant life for you so that we can show others your goodness in the way we live and they can hear the gospel when they listen. Bless us and keep us, Lord, in Jesus' precious name. Amen. Thank you, everybody online, for joining us for another edition of Livestream Sunday School. We appreciate you being here today. God bless you and take care of yourself. Stay tuned online for Pastor Gus's message right in the timeline. Take care of yourselves. And those of you also, stay tuned for our live feed later on at about 11 o'clock. Blessings to you. We'll see you next time.